When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Marvel Stuff Podcast. It's your boy, Josh Kennedy from Facebook, joined by the lovely... Ray. Hey, Ray's back. Uh, Coach is lame. He's not here today, but that's all right. We'll, we'll do just fine without him. Uh, we're here to talk all important things related to just beer, alcohol, anything that can get you messed up before parties. But actually, we're lame, and we're just going to talk about Marvel Stuff. Does that sound I say, good I you? don't drink. I can't all right. to well, this. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, let's just jump right in then. So first things first, uh, just before we get into the episode of Loki, uh, let's talk some other Marvel news. We got our first official full-length trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And Ray, you have not seen this yet, right? I have not. It hasn't have... come across any of my timelines, okay. so I forgot it happened. But you have a general idea. Did you like the teaser one that came out a couple months ago? Did that come across your radar at all? I honestly don't remember. I couldn't tell you what I had for dinner last night, so... (laughs) Well, I'll just say my opinion then. I think it looks cool. We're finally getting a proper introduction of uh, martial arts and stuff into the MCU. Some people like Iron Fist. Those people are dumb. That show is awful. But we'll continue on. (laughs) And uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, they're doing something cool. So in the comics... The rings were 10 rings that went on all 10 fingers and they all had their own specific power and it was super lame and everyone hated it. So now they're finally redoing it and they're doing this cool thing where they put five armbands on each sleeve and they can activate different powers and stuff, which is a lot visually it's a lot cooler looking and like more practical. I suppose you can get it to do different powers and such based on the trailer. Uh, But that looks super fun. Uh, I think one, the big thing, the big reveal of the trailer came after they did the, you know, reveal of the title. We got our first look at Abomination since The Incredible Hulk back in 2009, I think, that movie came out. And we finally get to see our boy Abomination come back. Uh, that came out of nowhere. I had no idea. It doesn't make any sense why he would show up in Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, like I said. But hey, it's going to be fun to watch. And... Uh, uh dr strange's friend uh what's his name roll it with me um uh, martial artist guy he's uh <laughs> i he's one of my favorite characters and then i totally blanked on his name but he's also in the trailer regardless his name always escapes me so yeah it's something super simple too that's the funniest part but we get to see a little glimpse of them fighting in a cage very x-men one where you get introduced into wolverine and he's doing the whole cage fighting thing it's cool uh I think the movie's going to be good. 
I'm excited to see it. Uh, big news, I think, what's the date today? Probably not next episode, but the following episode, we're probably going to talk Black Widow. How, are you, how excited are yeah. you about that? I'm really excited. I'm really excited to finally get back into a theater uh, with it being safe to do so, being fully vaccinated. <laughs> uh, no, me too. I, I've gone back to a couple movies, actually, in the last month i went to two different movies none, none that i was like super excited to see but just the activity of going to the theater is a big thing for me so finally getting to do that again was a big deal but getting the real superhero experience that's what we're looking forward to maybe a yeah. couple of us in the grand rapids area will do a marvel stuff trip to the theater should be a good Ooh, time for sure all right let's do it and then we will schedule a podcast after and have like an immediate reaction that'll be cool but like it. let's talk Loki. And because Ray is the resident expert and I'm not as smart as her in all things related to Loki, we're going to let her take the lead. So Ray, the floor is yours. Well, before I uh, start us off on the episode, I think we need to take a moment to appreciate the fact that Disney is trying to copyright Loki as evidence of Loki art being taken down from Redbubble due to copyright claims. And uh, this is not this is not Marvel Loki. It's Norse god Loki. Oh, so they're literally trying to take the Norse god and make it theirs. That Yes. That's never going to hold. But fan art of Loki, the Norse god Loki, not Marvel Loki, the Norse god Loki is being taken down from Redbubble due to copyright claims from Disney. <sighs> yeah, you know, I get it. They're really broke and they just have no money, so they need to they really need to squeeze out any penny they can out of the IP of Loki that's been around for hundreds and probably thousands of years at this point. Probably maybe, maybe a thousand. I don't know how especially, long ago. Especially from starving artists. Yeah, that's the ridiculous thing cuz Redbubble like I've gotten a couple things from Redbubble. It's a pretty cool site. I mean, you get to kind of yeah. without the copyright, you still get to look at cool designs, so but yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I'm sad to yeah, hear that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little uh, stupid. But um, anyway, so getting into the episode, uh, it opens up in a bar, and we see Sylvie and the TVA agent in street clothes. Uh, we do. And we quickly find out that Sylvie is using her magic to get into the agent's mind. Now, when we first saw them at the bar, I was really confused. Like, oh, is this like a flashback or a memory to like before Sylvie had like yeah, magic powers or whatever? Um, and then it like cuts to Sylvie and the agent at the superstore. Uh, and you can see she's using her powers, which... Seeing her use her magic that way is very, like, Doctor Who style because she goes into their mind and, like, creates a scenario. And that's very similar to how the Doctor goes into people's minds um, and how you have to have physical contact in order to do it. So... Interesting. I've I've noticed that they're pulling a lot of different pieces from Doctor Who, mainly style choices. The... Um, (laughs) Very successful franchise makes a lot of sense. Yes. So you try and get away with what you can because they've been going strong for a really long time. Yeah. So I appreciated that. Um, it, it made a lot of sense to me. It instantly clicked with calling back on that stuff from Doctor Who. Um, then Sylvie gets information that the timekeepers can be found behind golden elevators, which in episode two, uh, the TVA agent is all panicky saying, that she told them she told them where the timekeepers are which is the gold elevators 
And Sylvie teleports back to the TVA, which I did not... For some reason, I didn't expect her to go to the TVA. Um, because she's almost kind of running from them. Did she go to the TVA? (laughs) That's that's the real question here. I I want to dive into that in this episode where I'm like, this episode might have been nothing. It didn't actually happen, but we'll get into that. Keep going. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions about this episode. Um, but Loki follows quickly behind. Um, and they fight, and then uh, Renslayer comes out with her little pruning stick is going to beat them and Loki activates the tent pad teleporting them to a tent on the moon lamentous one in the year 2077 and yes. I okay Sylvie and Loki's interaction through this whole episode Was they awesome. are literal children like they have a childish sibling relationship and it's perfect i couldn't have asked for anything better yeah i put that in the title of our little podcast here if uh trickster or enchantress that's the real question here it seems pretty like dead set that it's that she's an enchantress and not actually a variant of loki that's something we kind of speculated on last episode but every time we started to you know kind of be like okay she's definitely not they say something that kind of implies that she might still be a variant so yeah. do we think it's like a red herring? Do you think do we think it's a double fake? Like it, what do we think about Sylvie? I don't really know. It's hard to say because in episode 2 we see the paperwork that has Sylvie's name on it as a variant. Yes. So the TVA is aware of Sylvie. And right, but there's also the chance that she could have, you know, made them think that she was a variant, but she's actually the enchantress. Uh, yeah. yeah. But so they have a variant incident report with her name on it, but they constantly refer to the variant they're chasing with male pronouns. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a call on uh, Loki's being uh, gender fluid or if there's actually some sort of like mix up and Sylvie isn't the one that they're hunting technically or she's working with whoever they're hunting or if there's some sort of like missing piece there or if it's just I, the gender fluidness. There's a lot going on there. That's, that's a hundred percent fact. Uh, it's hard. It's very hard to define anybody or any character. That's, I think that's kind of a crux of this show. It's a good thing that like, it's hard to define anyone by one specific thing or like something they've been known as their entire life. And then all of a sudden, "Eh, well, at least gender fluid or she is a woman, but then we finally get the reveal that a Loki is by, I'm sure I will get excited as I was. I have a lot to say. (laughs) We'll we'll get there, but let's just start in the beginning. They go right into an apocalypse, some random thing that we've never heard of. That was an interesting choice, but also, I maintain the fact that maybe it's just some illusion that she may have made up and got Loki because as they're walking through this, you know, apocalypse of a different planet, they do. She does mention the fact that, like, some people have weak minds and she can, you know, manipulate them just willy nilly. But that some she has to take on the journey with them to get the information she actually wants. And that's my big thing on this episode. I really want to know if she's literally in just his taking, mind exactly 
this whole episode. I want it. I want it to be real so bad. We'll see what happens because I don't know how they're going to get out of this if it isn't real. You know, I'm going to call back to that uh, once we get towards the end of the episode because that explains a lot of the things that I have I, questions about. I'm not alone in that thought. I'm not going to pretend that I came up with that by myself. But while I was watching it, as soon as she said the words, sometimes I have to guide them without them knowing that I'm guiding them. I'm like, that kind of explains exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But so um, when they run out of the tent to reach the bunker of sorts right. uh, that they're running to, uh, Loki like saves Sylvie from something crashing from the sky. And she says, I don't need your help. And uh, then Loki just shouts over his shoulder, you're so weird. You're so weird. <laughs> and I'm just, it's, they have the perfect, the energy and chemistry that they have is so perfect. The, like, just young siblings. Like, I feel like we're watching, we're almost watching Thor and Loki as kids. Um, yeah, there's some similarities there for sure. I think it's even better because they're similar enough when yes. you know, when it's Loki and Thor, they're different and it makes sense that they're at odds, but it's also pretty funny to think like they either are variants or, you know, siblings and they're so similar in personality. It's like fighting with yourself. And I find that quite humorous. Yeah. And I do like the, um, the question because uh, it again comes up that Sylvie doesn't like being called Loki. Right. Um, which makes me wonder if she is really a variant of Loki because she despises that name so much. I thought the exact same thing, but then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get too political on anything, but there is such a thing as dead naming. Like that's exactly, a big exactly. thing in the trans community where if you call them by their birth name, when they've been, you know, they're transitioned, it can, you know, hurt their feelings yeah. and make them feel bad about themselves. So they could be leaning into that. Which could or, call back to the gender fluid thing. Yes. Um, if Sylvie has, like, was born being a pure variant of Loki, and then being gender fluid transitioned to being a female, and now goes by Sylvie and prefers that, which would make a lot of sense, uh, why she despises being called Loki. Um, but I did appreciate the question of what exactly makes a Loki a Loki, um, and Loki responds with independence, authority, and style. And fashionista Loki is confirmed for a third time in a row. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. He, he knows he's a stylish man, and I appreciate him. And then, so they meet that weird lady in the house, and uh, she both she blasts both of them, uh, but then <laughs> makes sure to let them know that the entire population is escaping on the Ark. They have to get to uh, the Ark. Yep. They have to get on a train to get to the Ark. So Loki shapeshifts into a guard's uniform to sneak them onto the train, um, mm -hmm. which the uniform is so weird. It's just a long turtleneck. Yeah, a weird, helmet. A weird helmet. The helmet reminded me of something in Star Wars, which you would know better than me, but it was similar to like some, I don't remember who it was. Like it was an army of some sort that has these white helmets that slick back like that. That's what it made me think of when I first saw it. Yeah, I was, I was really confused by their design, but okay, it's a... It's a blue well, knit I, turtleneck. I, I think it's funny because, like, that's another thing where it's like, these guys are not important in the slightest. So they could have made yeah. them wear anything they wanted, and the story would have played out exactly the same. So yeah. their outfits are irrelevant. Yes, it's a weird choice, but I think it's 
kind of because they're leaning into this not being Earth and not being a continuity that we're familiar with, like very embracing the Guardians of the Galaxy of it all, where Bastion's weird on different planets. Yeah. Um, So he shapeshifts into a guard's uniform uh, because he's got a great plan to sneak them on. Uh, His plan fails, and Sylvie has to step in and uh, mind control the guard. Let's give him props where it's due. It half worked. It It half worked. It half worked. And then the second row, yeah, the guy got a little uh, little handsy there, so they had to they had to fix that. Yeah, um, and when they get on the train, um, I read an article this morning because Loki, when Sylvie sits, Loki says that he can't sit backwards on a train. I wanted your opinion on that because I didn't get it. Okay, so I read an article which, uh, which. Cosmicbook.com or something crazy. I don't know what it was from, but it brought up that that statement. And sitting backwards in a train can make you motion sick. Huh. And that's kind of a weakness. And Loki is very upfront about that being a weakness. If Sylvia is a variant, she would also probably have that same motion sickness, which explains why she's adamant that she's not going to sit backwards on the train and switch speed seats with him um but she doesn't say anything which is like her hiding that weakness because we don't learn a whole lot about her and I, in this episode further leans into my whole thing like i think she's setting this up and leading him the way that she wants him to go but not involving herself to the point where she has to reveal something yes. important yeah, that would make a lot a lot of sense. Um but anyway, so Loki is very much being like open, a lot more open with Sylvie than he is typically with, with anyone, other people. Yeah. I think yeah. it's because he thinks it's a variant of him. Exactly. He's like, "Oh, I, I can think... be honest with myself." Yeah. Um and then Loki uh Sylvie isn't really reciprocating that. Um so no. I think that was that was what the article was getting at for the significance of that line. Um, but it could also just be a, I don't sit backwards on a train. A throwaway thing, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one thing that I did appreciate was... Um, the drinking song. No, I mean, I'll get to that. I did appreciate <laughs> that. But um, when they talk about needing to get some rest... Sylvie says she can't sleep around untrustworthy people. And if we flash back to my rant of episode two of Loki sleeping at the desk, he also can't sleep around untrustworthy people. And so he trusts Mobius. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that is fair that you did touch on that. And then it got brought up kind of again. So that's, that's cool. It's also important to note that like Sylvie, as much as she tried to like, protest she still fell asleep right i know i know so it's like what was the point of that line other than to confirm your theory so hey congrats yeah and so loki uh asks about the or no there's something about the magic but anyway loki ends up telling sylvie about his memories of frigga and how he was taught magic by her yep um and the way he talks about growing up with Frigga is so touching. And aside from this moment, the only other times we've seen this Loki be vulnerable is with anyone is with Mobius um, in that first episode. 
um, after seeing all the footage of what was supposed to be his timeline. Um, and that's because like Mobius broke through to Loki, uh, right. assuring him that like he believes in him, which is what Frigga did. Um, but Sylvie didn't have to break through anything to get yeah, to that. He's, he's a lot more like, I don't know, sensitive or open to things than we're used to seeing Loki. Yeah. I think it's because of like, literally because he watched himself die and get like, become friendly with his brother and finally feel like he deserved to be part of the family. Like, I think that really softened him up to just people in general, where he doesn't have those walls as much as he used to, which we always love to see a redemption arc is right. Yeah. Like same thing as Bucky in Falcon and the winter soldier. He went from, you know, the brainwashed assassin. And now all of a sudden he's like, ah, he, Sam is my buddy. I'm going to help him fix his boat and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Seeing Loki so open with somebody he's just met technically is weird to see, but I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I liked the story about the magic. That was that was cool stuff. I thought it was interesting. Do we believe that Sylvie somehow taught herself how to do that mind thing? That's what she says. So yes, but I says, don't buy it. <laughs> she says she was self-taught, um, which would explain why she has powers that Loki doesn't, because they weren't taught the same way. Um, it, if she is truly a variant of him, that would explain. Uh and then Sylvie's face when she sees the fireworks display that Loki does, uh, which is something that Frigga did for him, um, she looks like she looks a little vulnerable in that moment. And she uh, wanted to know about Loki's mom because she doesn't remember hers, um, whether that's like a, I'm not going to let you know anything about me, or she really doesn't. Really doesn't, yeah. It seem, she seemed to be a little more open in that moment, wanting to actually know about his mom. Yeah, and, I, th- I think that's a cool point. Like, yeah, she does have, like, an orphan mentality. So yeah. whether she's a variant or not, I don't think that, that changes the fact that she doesn't seem to have any parental figures of note. Yeah. So. She clearly didn't grow up with somebody to mentor her in the same way that Loki grew up with Frigga. And, uh, but just like Loki, she buries that hurt of not having that kind of mentor uh, figure uh, by just shrugging off the fireworks uh, and saying like, no, not bad. Um, And I think Loki sees through her in that moment because that's something that he does a lot. Um, which we saw in just the last episode where he got really emotional over seeing the destruction of Ragnarok papers or the Mm. destruction of Asgard with Ragnarok. And then when Mobius brings it up just like a couple minutes later, he's like, yeah, sad. Okay. Moving on. Like he just, it's avoidance. It's uh, it's definitely, but then after the fireworks and some deep talks, we finally get to the reveal where they, talk about the princesses and maybe some princes and then he yes. says same in your case and i was like that's so, great Sylvie glad they says, finally acknowledged it yes sylvie says how about you you're a prince must have been some would-be princesses or perhaps another prince and then loki just gives his little loki smirk and says a bit of both and the scene that scene where they canonically confirm that Loki is bisexual was not being subtle at all. 
No, that the I think whole I was environment is mm. lit with pink and purple lights, and he is dressed in blue. He's literally made a part of the bi flag in that scene. And it was just like cinematically beautiful. That's pretty really cool that you caught that because I was like, oh, yeah, that's just the lighting in that ballroom. But hey, yeah. that, the lighting makes a little more sense now. So that was cool. that had to have been a choice, uh, whether in production or in editing, uh, right. to make it so pink and purple. Um, and that's so, the cool thing about these new Marvel TV shows is they are unafraid to do anything and throw it in your face. There was the whole racism thing in the Falcon and the Winter yes. Soldier. And now they're taking on sexual identity and things like that. And it's, I love that they're finally doing things like this because it, one, it gives people that identify the same way something to look up to. And I think that's important in society that, that, that and it should just be welcomed. And it, it, it didn't feel like it was in your face, which it doesn't have to be. I think it was very much like, hey, this is how it is. And that's just yeah. how it is. It doesn't matter what your opinion on the whole thing is. And I, I think that's a really cool thing that Marvel's finally like, Hey, we've got enough viewers. If we lose a few, you know, bigots, then more power to us. Who cares? We still got millions and millions of people. And just, even if it gets one person to re-acknowledge like, huh, maybe this is a normal thing. Then I think that's a job well done by Marvel. Yeah. I think it's a really as simple. It was done very like naturally it right. wasn't like a like a forced um you i've seen shows like that where it's very much forced like hey we have to make sure that everybody yes. knows this guy's a flamboyant yes. gay guy and we have to make it not like everybody has to know this this is like pounded in your face i think it was cool that it was a subtle thing but it's there so it, it doesn't yeah. feel forced it doesn't feel in your face it's just kind of there and that's how, exactly how sexuality should work it's the weirdest exactly. thing that we have to like build it up and like bah, it's in your because face because in endgame when when captain america is doing that like almost like an aa meeting like therapy for people yeah mm -hmm. and one of the directors was in yeah one of the directors is in that mm -hmm. scene and says i think i might talk to him again and it's like okay you emphasized that you so terribly that was so forced and well yeah there's just... a, another one's like it's the newest star wars movie where it just was so in your face and forced with two girls kissing it's like that was just like, thrown in there as a side thought it, it, you literally had poe and finn right there yeah anyway that's, that's not representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm just saying that that's not representation that's just like no. ah, look at us we're woke it's that's like, pandering oh, exactly i hate pandering i love inclusivity <laughs> Yeah, so that whole episode is, like, the planet is purple, all the lighting around them is pink, purple, and blue, and then you've got, like, the green for Loki, but, like, the whole episode is very much, like, color-coded to be the bisexual pride flag, and I'm just, like, happy pride, y'all. We have not only yeah. one, but two canonically queer characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because Loki says, I suspect the same as you, and Sylvie, like, kind of, like, yeah. does, like, a you little right. nod, like, yeah. You right. So they are both bi, and we get that reveal right at the same time, just towards the end of Pride Month. It's Chef's Kiss. Ah, chef's Kiss. Amazing. 
and I we, will, we don't need to stick on it too long. I think there's a lot more episode, and it's like we got to do the same thing they did, where it's like we acknowledge it, Absolutely. it was there. It's beautiful. We're all excited about it, and it's part of an awesome show. It's not just a yes. show about that. It's a show about Loki and doing cool Marvel stuff. So we'll get to the drinking song. I thought yes, it was beautiful. So, get to see Tom Hiddleston flex his vocal cords. Yes. Okay. So Sylvie ends up falling asleep. Uh, revealing that Mm -hmm. she must trust Loki at least somewhat because she can't sleep around untrustworthy people. Um, And then Sylvie wakes up to see Loki out of his guard uniform and back in his TVA suit, um, drunkenly singing uh, in Asgardian, which is actually, uh, it's it's back. Play on Norse, right? Yeah, I've seen uh, people go back and forth on this. It's either Norwegian or Icelandic, um, or maybe a mix of the two. Um, I don't think it's purely one or the other, um, but Makes seeing sense they him, would do it that way. Yeah, <laughs> seeing him sing in uh, his native language brought me right back to WandaVision when she sings the lullaby uh-huh. uh, in her native language. Right. And it was just, it was such a pure moment because he looks so relaxed and like, like he's like genuinely having fun. And then there's a moment where he sees sylvie and like just like almost serenades her and it's like so it's so deep and it's so stupid but i wanted to cry because it was just it was so nice to see this character who's yeah you get pretty emotional watching these shows because they're making all they're giving everybody their their lives back and yeah i get it they're giving all my favorites the therapy that they deserved (laughs) i saw that meme online where it's it's the clip of them, or not Loki, but the other three at the funeral. It's like, we, we needed therapy, so they gave us our own show. And I was like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and we also get a callback to an Asgardian tradition of uh, smashing glasses on the ground and finishing yeah. a drink. I was very excited. I was very excited to see that. <laughs> yes. And just his, cha- okay, so his chaotic dancing and being a drunken idiot is hysterical because the avengers really formed to protect the earth from that man they sure did (laughs) i love it but all good things must come to an end so we have to bring in some you know villains or antagonists before we do that you you gotta you gotta talk about love as a dagger oh god that was so silly What, what is love if not an imaginary dagger so the line is, love is a dagger. It's a weapon to be wielded far away or up close. You can see yourself in it. It's beautiful until it makes you bleed. But ultimately, when you reach for it, it isn't real. And that got me where it hurts. <laughs> I find it funny because I was on board until like, until he said the thing that like kind of defeated his own argument. He's like, so it's an invisible dagger? Why? Yeah, so <laughs> Sylvie's like, so love is an imaginary dagger. Yeah, it was a and big like, build up. And then oh, the reveal was like, yeah, it's got to be a humorous. But yeah, I mean, maybe by the end of the episode, he'll say those exact phrases again. Yeah. Like, uh, what is love? And he'll get to finish it with a much more elegant quote. Which it is also kind of a callback to the previous episode when Mobius hands Loki those daggers and he just looks at the daggers in complete awe and adoration. <laughs> The man just right. loves his daggers. He does. He does love his daggers. Um, one thing that stuck out is uh, Loki asks Sylvie when she got so paranoid. And she said, it must have started when I spent my entire life running from the omniscient fastest, 
fascists you work for. And this suggests that Sylvia has been running from the TVA since she was practically a child. And I, so there's a mid series trailer that's advertising like the next episodes, um, which may or may not be a spoiler. So um, heads up on that, but there's a shot of young Sylvie being brought into the TVA by a Minuteman. Uh, so she clearly became a variant at a very young age, regardless if she's a variant of Loki, she became a variant at a very young age. So she's clearly had interactions with the TVA and my guess is not positive ones from the way that she, uh, interacts and reacts to them. Um, but that would also explain like why she didn't have somebody there to teach her magic because she was taken in as a variant. Right, and um, magic doesn't work there, nor are there wizards just on hand to teach you things. Yeah. So then, as you said, the guards arrive and request to see their tickets, and a fight breaks out, and Loki is thrown out the window. And uh, Sylvie jumps out right after him because she wants that tent pad. And uh, after a hard landing, the tent pad is uh, yeah, shattered beyond no, repair. magic pocket somehow is like a real pocket, but I, I was like, come on, guys. But so, further leans into my theory. Exactly. And that theory is real. making a lot of sense to me as I go through my notes. So I just don't think this episode happened, like canonically. I think this episode was a huge red herring and somehow at the Walmart type of deal that they had in that thing, Sylvie got some sort of contact with Loki and she this whole thing is taking place and he's still at the market. That's yeah. my theory we'll see what happens or somewhere in the tva i don't know also could be in the tva yeah that was my other thought um either way i don't think it's real yeah so sylvie tells loki that the tva agents were not created by the timekeepers as we had all been led to believe um but they're actually variants themselves and loki's first initial reaction is a slight panic in saying they don't know that and he has like a real genuine concern which is probably directed which is probably directly corresponding with Mobius specifically rather than like oh, the TVA sure. agents as a whole. Yeah. Um, but for someone like Loki, who has been lied to about who he is almost his entire life, mm-hmm. that concept is of not knowing who you really are is not going to sit well with him. Yeah. It was on I, accident. I definitely leaned into that quite a bit. Yeah. I think that Loki's going to have like, because Loki kind of wants to take down the timekeepers. He doesn't really like them. And I think his I think his motive may have shifted to not necessarily taking down the timekeepers, but doing it through revealing the truth to the TVA agents and having them kind of like take down the timekeepers with him. Could be. Could be. I'm on board. Um so they decide to try and hijack the arc. Um great idea after the broken tent pad uh and sylvie says it never makes it off the moon to which loki counters it never had us on it and uh and it never will yeah so the area around the launch site of the ark is in chaos as everyone around it wants to get on board um and one thing that i that also stuck out to me there was Loki is shocked and like bordering, bordering on disgusted to realize that the authorities on this moon are going to let all these people die. 
Yeah, this further leans into my like comparison to the show Snowpiercer slash movie, but the the show Snowpiercer specifically yes. on HBO Max, it was I was like, man, it's on a train. The world is ending. It's going to the arc. I'm like, man, they're pulling things that just work really well in other shows and, you know, making it work for them. And I appreciate it, honestly. Yeah. Snowpiercer. Mm, amazing. Watch it if you haven't seen it. It's got Chris Evans. It ties in with Marvel. We're fine. And the show, which doesn't have Chris Evans, but it's the same concept, is actually also pretty good. I watched the first two seasons and I like it. The movie's also got Tilda Swinton, who's the ancient one. So there's two Marvel ties. Um, so uh, they get on, or sorry, They're they walking. see that all these people are going to die. And Loki's like, oh, wait, we forgot to acknowledge the, the temper tantrum <laughs> when she gets so mad. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the exploding magic where she's like. <laughs> Which was beautiful. <laughs> he walks up to her. Did that make you feel better? So much like a sibling, like. You feel better now? Do you feel better now? She's like, <laughs> like yeah, actually, so I do. <laughs> you should try it sometime. <laughs> if you ever get in an argument with your siblings, you know that exact voice. Yeah. So Loki and Sylvie battle, battle their way through the chaotic crowds, and we get to see a lot of Loki's magic that we haven't seen before. Um, what was the deal with this, like, four stop thing i was like do yeah, you have the okay, infinity stone so, bro yeah, that that was my thought i was like so, he snagged one of the infinity stones before this mission he can fire green energy blasts from his hands and he can reverse time on a collapsing building because he didn't just stop that building that was from falling. I was he like, reversed he, that fall dormammu have come to bargain it's that exact <laughs> same thing and i'm like and i I'm just like, they, they, the infinity stones couldn't have been a throw out line in this show i yeah, I, I don't know. know for sure but i think there's that a chance just... that he has one of the infinity stones that worked in that universe and that's how we got to do that stuff we'll see if i it's mean true. if that's not the case and he had this kind of power all along then like should have smoked holy the Avengers. crap how did thanos kill him so easily i that was yeah. i'm still mad about that ending because for everything that loki has built up to to pull a knife on Thanos just does not make sense for him. I mean, he's very, he likes knives, but yeah, it seems yeah, like it, he, he would have done his like astral projection thing. I don't know. Yeah, he knows who Thanos is, so that it doesn't, it just, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, so in the end, it's too late and the arc is destroyed shortly after it takes off and Loki and Sylvie watch as it explodes. Now, getting to your theory that nothing in this episode is real. The one thing that throughout this episode that didn't quite sit right with me is the fact that how absolutely stupid Loki appears to be in this episode. This smart, cunning man who is always concerned with being like 10 steps ahead has spent his whole life executing plans for his own gain and he just mm -hmm. he goes in instead like of trying, just... trying to save his own skin. Yes, and that further is like this is very much like a mind manipulation type of thing where she puts him in that zone. Like exactly what she did. I think that might even be why they showed that other scene with the TVA agent and her at the bar that she doesn't remember. It's like taking her in a situation that she's comfortable with or like she's elated to be there. I think that's kind of what it was there where she's like, okay, I'm going to get Loki. Okay, he's having fun. He's getting drunk. He's finally embracing himself and he's you know talking to people about his feelings like he's and now there's stakes and everybody knows that loki likes to try and figure things out he's a problem solver so i think having all of that it's her putting this into his mind 
and he's just kind of playing his role in revealing things that Sylvie wants to know. Yeah. And he's not himself as far as being cunning or being, you know, steps ahead of anyone. I think they could possibly be on that moon. Um, And then when Loki tries to, or when Sylvie tries to get into Loki's mind in that like hut or whatever, that she actually does. That is a fair point. Um, I choose to think they're in the market, but they could be in that bomb shelter. That is true. And so if that's the case, that would explain a lot of Loki's actions because Loki says that he can't be manipulated because his mind is too strong. And there might be like a part of him that like realizes what's going on, that she's creating this illusion and kind of like messing with it. So that's yeah. why he appears so stupid because he doesn't think any of it's real. But yep. then again, when they see the arc explode, Loki appears like genuinely shocked and kind of distressed at the sight of it exploding, which is very different from how he's behaved throughout the rest of the episode, just being carefree and devoid of consequences. I think and, it's because he doesn't have another plan now, like yeah. his plan B and C didn't work out. So he's like, I don't know yeah. what to do. Because it almost made me wonder if that he didn't believe there was any possible way that the situation ended with them, like, not escaping. So, like, seeing his, like, final, like, idea. Not work out. Not work out. And that kind of shows him he's out of time. It He's kind of like, okay, maybe we don't have an escape route. Which, I, I don't know. That was one of my theories. Uh, yeah, it could be. It was definitely weird. Uh, I just uh, that that's why I think what I think because the stakes seem so high in that scenario, and they don't have a way out now. So I'm thinking either somehow she manipulates the fake world that they're in to give them another shot, and maybe finally Loki will catch on at that point, or she bails on the idea entirely, and they wake back up at the supermarket, at the TVA, or in the bunker. Because maybe, I like your idea on the bunker. I didn't even think about that because that is when she tried to do the physical touch thing. And if she's trying to get him to reveal where the temp pad is that whole time, then it's nothing's working yet. So maybe there's some sort of like, he's aware that she's in his head. I don't know. I I didn't write this show, but we'll see. I did read one theory that perhaps uh, Loki is trying to create enough of a disturbance to send a signal to the TVA to like let Mobius know where they are. But that also doesn't really hold up because uh, the whole point of going to apocalypses is, is to hide in them. Sure. Yeah, uh, I think, I think that theory is just proven just in the previous episode, honestly. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a fun way to think about it that he's trying to call him back up, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, ready for some heartbreak, Mobius is upset with jet skis because he probably used to ride them all the time before he became a variant and he just doesn't remember. Yep, I think that this show is going to end with him very happy on a jet ski. It better if it where it goes. Did you have any more notes? Any other things you wanted to touch on while we're? That's all I had for the episode. All right, that is it for this episode. Then Uh, one other note: I've been watching Modok, which is a robot chicken animation type of deal over on Hulu, and that's also Marvel. Pretty funny, worth the watch. Twenty minute episodes. Watch it on lunch or whatever you do at work. But that's all I have to say. And Ray said she's good to go. So thank you guys for listening and watching. If you're on the Facebook page here, uh, follow us. Have some fun. Have some discussions. Marvel Stuff Podcast Group. And I think that's the name of it on Facebook. 
Uh, follow us on all social media. I run the Instagram page. I do a cool story every once in a while. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify, which you probably already know that. But hey, why not? But as always, Coach isn't here to say it. So please do not have too much fun without us. For all time, always, right? <laughs> yep.